1 Samuel chapter 30. Are you ready? Verse 1. No notes for you, lots of notes for me. Now it happened. Everybody say it happened. When David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. What did they burn it with? Fire. And had taken captive the women who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away as they went on their way. Verse 3. So David and his men came to the city and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, and their daughters had been taken captive. So understand that we have insight tonight from the writer that they're not dead, but David doesn't have that information. So he shows up back home and, and everything's torched. We know that no one's dead. David and his men, they don't know that. Verse 4, so David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more power to weep. I have personally been there. I have wept myself to complete dehydration and not been able to cry anymore through grief, sorrow, anguish. I don't know if you've been there. The dark night of the soul comes to every single human being at some point in your life. The enemy will try to knock you out. He'll throw the kitchen sink. He doesn't play fair. We serve the living God. We serve the one who can raise the dead. We serve the one that though people might be sought unto, he can restore, he can heal, he can, he can raise the dead. There's no impossibilities with God. No, not one. So in your tears, let them be tears of crying out for God's deliverance and God's power, sorrow. Yes, but know that God can turn everything around. They wept until they had no more strength. David's two wives were taken, verse 5. Verse 6, now David was greatly distressed. I love how the Bible says stuff. It's like, really? I mean, the family's gone. They're dead as far as he knows. For the, and he's distressed because the people spoke of stoning him. Okay, that's not today's type of stoned. It's, it's being hit repeatedly in the skull and body with large hand-sized rocks. Until dead. Okay, that's what they're talking about. And it wasn't medicinal. The soul of all the people was grieved. Every man and his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. He did what? He strengthened himself. And David said to Abathar the priest... Ahimelech's son, please bring me the ephod here. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Question mark. And he answered them. The Lord answered, Pursue. You will surely overtake them. Without fail, recover all. Let's pray. Father, thank you for what you're going to do tonight. In the midst of the shaking, in the midst of the loss, in the midst of a time when so many have been perplexed, confused, lost things, in need of recovery, 
how the enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy. You, O oh God, release your word tonight to encourage, strengthen, refresh. Do what you love to do through this very simple message tonight. We won't stop you. We won't hinder you. Let every man, every woman, every child be brought low. You be glorified. You be magnified. Change us through the preaching of your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Not that you're going to move to Brazil. I don't have that word. Where'd you go? There I was, getting all, all Holy Ghosty, and then you were gone. I thought, maybe he got translated. I looked up, he was gone, and his wife was there. Not that you're going to move to Brazil, but understand and know this, sir. There's an apostolic anointing on you, and there's going to be more churches, and you are going to take trips, and you are going to have your hand in it. You have your hand in it already. You, your wife going was a precursor to you going. There's going to be your hand in Brazil. I don't see you moving back there but I absolutely see an apostolic anointing on your life. We've seen it for years. It's going to grow. It's going to flourish. It's going to be great. Amen. Did you preach down there? Just a little, because they don't know you can preach, pray, and prophesy, but wait until, we turn, wait until the secret weapons turned loose. Hallelujah. Again, for those of you online tuning in around the world, we have experienced a 7.0 earthquake on Friday at uh, 8 29 a.m. in the morning. It was a radical experience for many. People's homes have been moved off their foundations and other people hardly had any trinkets broken. Infrastructure has been destroyed in certain areas and in other areas nothing happened. And I can't figure out how, how one house can be like totally hammered and another house like just shook a little bit. All I know is that God is good. And that you and your life as a leader, now this is, a, this is also a leader's meeting, so, so I'm going to speak to leaders specifically at moments during this time. Let, let me first of all congratulate Leila Clark, who's not able to be here tonight, but she has got the Leader of the Month Award. And uh, yeah, and she's, she leads two of our uh, life groups, and we're very grateful. That's Marita's mama. Right. And so congratulations to Lee Island. But as a leader, and all of us are leading in some capacity, you're going to run into difficulty. You're going to run into problems. You're going to have issues that come at you like a Mack truck with your name on the front grill. James says, consider it not strange when you face all kinds of fiery trials. Come on, we're going to go through stuff. How many of you are going through something right now? You have to learn some principles that are exhibited here in the leadership of David, who's one of my very favorite characters in all of Scripture after Jesus. You have to exhibit some of these keys that will help you overcome in the midst of great difficulty and trials and be successful in recovering and fulfilling your destiny. I love David and the story of David for a number of reasons. One... He's called a man after God's own heart, but he lies. I mean, he's responsible for 79 or 80 priests being killed. The one that hems him, the, the ephod here, which is a way of, of, of hearing from the Lord. It was, a, it was an article of, of the priest in prayer. This last priest escaped with the ephod. But the reason all those priests are dead, you can go back and look at it, is because David showed up. And he lies to the high priest. 
And he says, oh, I'm just on a journey from King Saul. No, he was lying. Saul's trying to kill him. He was demonized, crazy, jealous. You thought your employer was bad. Saul tried to pin him to the, to the wall with javelins and stuff. And he would ask for David to play an instrument so he would soothe him of his tormenting devils because he, he disobeyed God and he sacrificed before the prophet got there. He, he yielded to the, the voice of the people, the pressure of the people. He was a man pleaser instead of obeying God and, was, and suffered the consequences and ended up forfeiting the kingdom. And David was God's next choice, a young, ruddy one from the field, anointed at a young age, maybe, maybe 16, 17 years old. Uh, the oil poured over his head in front of his brothers, Eliab being the oldest and the tallest and, and uh, head and shoulders above. It's interesting to me that Samuel would pick Eliab, pick another Saul type. That, that text says that man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the, the heart. God will define you by the cry of your heart. And so David's chosen... And he's not king yet, he's running for his life. And at this text, the prophet Gad has prophesied to him to tell him to stay in Judah, stay in Israel, but he doesn't. He goes to, he goes to uh, Achash and he goes to the Philistines and he, he runs, he doesn't obey the word of the Lord and he's constantly lying and he's responsible for these priests getting killed and he's called a man after God's own heart. You know why I like that? Because it just reminds me of us. A man after God's own heart disobeys here and there, but in the end, he comes to his senses. And this is the, the scripture, this is the scripture, and this is the moment for the life of David where everything turns around. I want you to know that whatever you're facing, no matter what pit or difficulty you might find yourself in, God can turn it around. He can heal the disease. He can set the captives free. He can release his power on you and me. He's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. And he's just looking for a David. He's looking for a Davidette or Davina. He's looking for somebody to do the very thing that he did. This is a traumatic moment of loss in the life of David. And what it does, it, it gives us very simple principles of what to do in the midst of loss, in the midst of 7.0 earthquakes, in the midst of, of tragedy. How to lead in the midst of tragedy. tragedy. The first point here is, is verse 6. Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. Okay, so when you go through difficult times, if you're around people that lack some maturity, they will look for somebody to blame. <laughs> I'm like writing an indictment of myself. When I've gone through difficult things, at times I just want to be, man, if you only just... Oftentimes in painful circumstances, come on, the vase that your mother gave you, that it was from your, your great-great-grandmother broke during the earthquake, and you told your husband to have that thing put up in the hutch, but he didn't, and now the Ming Dynasty vase is broken. You jerk, you always put things off. How could you do that? I told you to, to wire the, the grandfather clock to the wall just in case there's an earthquake, and now you didn't do it, and now the grandfather clock, it's all your fault. 
Many times when we go through difficulties, we want to look for somebody to blame. We want to, want to scapegoat somebody. Don't ever do that. Just take personal responsibility. Shut your mouth and do what David did. What did David do? Verse 6. But David, are you all there? But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That is a very profound verse right there. There are times when you can't find your life group leader. Times when you text your pastor or text your leader or reach out to a spouse or a close friend and they just don't answer the text fast enough. They don't get back to you on your personal message fast enough. They don't return the phone call fast enough. I've found in my life there's two kinds of trials. One where it's designed to draw me closer to people and in greater covenant with people so to overcome the trial. And other trials where God is not looking for me to, to draw near to somebody necessarily. He's looking for me to draw near to Him. Two kinds of trials. And, and if you'll look at your trial as an opportunity, as a springboard for God's promotion in your life, sometimes it'll be to the drawing near of a, of a, of a woman of God, as a, a man of God, or in your marriage, or even with your kids. And other times, He wants you to get on your knees and pray through until heaven comes and the breakthrough comes. Listen, you need to learn to strengthen yourself in God. You need to yank the binky out of your mouth, get off of Facebook, get on fire for God, and get some strength from heaven. There's a strength that God will release to you that cannot be released through any Instagram, that cannot be released through your neighbor or even your pastor, but will come from God. You must learn to strengthen yourself in God. Can you teach me how to do that? All I can tell you is you get to a place of brokenness, throw yourself into the arms of a living God and let Him carry you. You don't get up, you don't shut up, you don't move off of that place until He comes with fire, power, and anointing and He will cause a reversal. He will cause the Word of the Lord to come. And when God speaks to you, everything's different. Am I yelling? Well, I feel passionate about it. He inquired of the Lord. He inquired of the Lord. To inquire of the Lord means to pray. To inquire. National inquirer. Don't read that. But to inquire of the Lord is to ask of God. To talk to Him. Listen, God knows everything. He knows you're rising up. He knows you're setting down. He knows your frame. He knows what you have need of even before you ever ask Him for it. Come on. Why you were in your mother's womb, He knit you together. He knows you. He knows everything. He knows everything about you. He knows all your friends. He knows what you're doing in secret. By the way, the level of maturity in Christianity you have is what you'll do in the dark when nobody can catch you. But God sees all that too. David inquired of the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord and he inquired of the Lord. He asked for the ephod, and I won't go into a whole teaching on that. I've done it at other times. But he calls on the Lord. In Exodus chapter 15, Moses and the, his congregation, a few million strong, have just come out of the Red Sea and they come to a place of bitter waters. They're three days without water in Exodus 15. And can you imagine seeing water on the horizon? Like, oh yes, look what the Lord has done, yeah, 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 look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He gave me some agua just in time. Oh, that's Spanish, agua. 
Spanish, Pastor Kirsten. Everybody say agua. All right, now you know some Portuguese. Chule, try it. Chule and agua. Say agua. That's water. That's Spanish. Okay, there you go. Oh, it's also Portuguese. Very good. Now you know two words in Portuguese. Praise the Lord. But when they get there, it's poison. Can you imagine how discouraging it would be? And in Exodus 15, it says that Moses inquired of the Lord. He didn't point the finger. He didn't blame his sister. He didn't, he didn't blame God, shake his fist at God. He said, okay, okay, God, God, Lord. And he inquires of the Lord and says that the Lord showed him a tree. Depends on what version you read. It could say a piece of wood, a tree. I like tree better. And he was to take the tree at the word of the Lord and throw it in the bitter water. And the bitter water would be made, would be made sweet. It's a picture, a type and a shadow. Watch this. It's a type and a shadow of the tree. He who hangs on a tree is accursed and becomes a curse for you and me. He who hung on a tree. It's a picture of the cross. It's a picture of Jesus Christ's crucifixion to take the bitterness out of your soul and put the sweetness on up in there. Some of you need some sweet. And God showed him as he inquired of the Lord. This is what David does. He inquired. The first reference to prayer is in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 26. It says, at that time, people began to call on the Lord. What are you saying? I'm saying when you face difficulty, when you face pain, when you face earthquakes, wars, rumors of wars, when you feel ripped off and you don't know which way out, strengthen yourself in God and get a word from God. God will speak to you. He'll speak to you. He'll give you a word. Listen, this church is here in Alaska because at crucial moments, God had given me a word. And we stood on that word and God would fix it. I'll take care of it. I mean, that was, that's been a regular one. Lord, what do I do? I'm going to take care of it. And so whenever that thing would just scream in my face, that difficulty, that obstacle that could potentially really hurt the church, I would just be reminded, he's going to take care of it. Hallelujah. God, you're going to take care of it. And I'm going to tell you something. When God takes care of something, buddy, it's taken care of. And oh, didn't he take care of it? Over and over and over, when you go through difficulties, get a word from God. My sheep know and hear my voice. You ready? <laughs> Come on, try it. Ready? One, two, three. <laughs> All right, now you speak Portuguese a little bit, a little bit of Spanish, and now you have some sheep, and you try it again. <laughs> That's not a goat. It's a sheep. My sheep know. And hear my voice. He doesn't only just get a word, but he obeys it. Imagine that. Imagine getting a word and obeying it. He gets a word and then he acts on it. Listen, if you'll act on the word, you've got to mix a word with faith. And faith is it's confident assurance of what you cannot see. Faith is what you do on the way to your hope. So if I have a hope of sitting in this chair... Be healed. It's got one of those life-proof caves on it. It's okay. If I have a hope of getting in this chair, sorry there, Mike. If I have a hope of getting in this chair, so I have a hope. I'm, I'm going to sit in the chair. My faith begins to move me towards the chair. Faith is confident assurance of what you cannot see, so you're, you're moving towards your hope. I have a hope that our building's going to be completed. 
So I continue to say it. We continue to build. We continue. I don't have to have faith to see the lobby erected because it's already up. Now, now I have faith to wrap that thing and put a roof on it and finish the sanctuary. You got to have faith for that. Do you understand? You don't have faith for what you already have. Faith moves you towards your hope. So come on, you move towards it and I have faith and I'm going to sit down. It's going to hold me, right? Faith is action. So when God gives you a word in the midst of your difficulty, you've got to act on the word. God speaks over and over and many times people don't act on it. He tells you, I'm going to save your husband, but you never invite him to church anymore. You never witness to him. He told you to put oil in his loafers, and you don't do that either. You, know, you, you dismiss it through reason, which is the guillotine of your faith. Come on, God gives you a word. You begin to act on that word, and then God will stand over to see it performed, and he will bring about wonders, signs, and wonders. will follow the preaching of his word. So when he speaks to you a word, you've got to obey it. Can you say amen? Come on, lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. Come on, hallelujah. Come on, ask God to speak to you. Speak to us. We inquire of you. How do we find our way financially in that situation? Somebody's, somebody's battling, fighting that court case. What's the next thing you want me to do? God, speak to us. What's the next thing you want us to do? How do we find our way out of this difficult situation that we're in? Some of you are facing stuff. I'm telling you, God's already in the place of victory. You just need to tap in, receive some strength and some encouragement. You just need to hear the word of God and obey it. And when you do, you'll see signs and wonders and miracles break out on the right, break out on the left. He sends forth his word. It does not return void. Come on, shout to God with a voice of triumph today. So he gets a word and it says, pursue, overtake, and recover all. Come on, look at the text with me. Back to my six-point font. So the Lord speaks to him and says, go ahead. Shall I pursue? He says, yep. Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. David went with the 600 men. He came to the brook where those who stayed who were left behind. But David pursued, and he had 400 men. For 200 stayed behind, who were so weary, they could not cross the brook. So not everybody goes. There's, there's 400 people that go, but 200 are so tired. You know what I love about being a part of a body? Is that when I'm tired, I don't think I can make it, or I run out of strength. It's not me. It's a whole army. There's a, listen, if you look at, 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 at Ziklag, it says, I think it's in Chronicles, it says that the men began to come. So many men came to him at Ziklag. They were like unto the army of God. And I'm telling you that God is raising up a church. God is raising up a body of believers. God is raising up people who will fight together. It's not just, you're not fighting by yourself, and you are. That's not the design of God. The design is to fight in covenant with others so that when your gift doesn't have it, I'm yoked with somebody that does. I can't speak Portuguese, but you can, so together we can go and take Brazil. You know what I'm saying? God can give you what you need when you need it. He can, you can partner up with people. And, you know, there's been seasons in my life, man, where my faith gave out. But I thank God I was connected with people who didn't. I've told you this story. We lost a boy. We lost a baby. 
Karen couldn't feel God's presence for 11 months. Now, you might be like, what's that, God's presence? Well, if you stick around, you'll find out. But I'm telling you, for us, if we didn't have God's presence, I, I, I wouldn't be here. I don't know how you serve God without His power, without His presence. And my wife, my beautiful wife, for 11 months didn't even feel His presence, didn't sense Him in the room at all. Was Just her whole life just sort of dried up in this intensive grief. But at the end of 11 months, with people around her praying and agreeing and seeking God, and a husband who fasted and prayed for her too, that's me, she woke up one morning and said, oh, thank God. Thank God it's over. Some of you are coming out of the dry season. You can move on into the new one. If you'll strengthen yourself, if you'll get a word from God, and if you'll connect rightly in the body. Some of you are cross-threaded. You need to be grafted in not only to Jesus but to his body. And when you do that, it develop, you develop relationships. I mean, we have, I don't know, we could add all the ministry just on our own staff right here. I mean, come on, how many years of ministry? 30 plus? 25 plus? 25 plus? What is that? That's 50, uh, 80, 30, 30 years, including, you know, being raised up in your home church. 30, that's, that's 80 90, 100, 110, again, same thing, another 30 years, 110, 120, 130, 140. Come on, you start at, so just on, just on our staff that I can see right now, I'm not even adding, it's 140 years of ministry experience. So it's not just us coming together as one person beating a cute little drum with a cute little bow and arrow. We are the very army of God chosen by God to bring his kingdom in the earth, his be ambassadors, be a part of this leadership team. He said, well, I'm tired. I know. Do you know something? I had to crawl out of my nap time, which is about 20 minutes, which is about an hour too short. And I didn't feel like getting up, but it has nothing to do with feelings. Sunday's a very intense day. Do you know I feel God's presence and power on me physically right now, communicating through me in a greater way than I did even this morning, and I've had less sleep. I, 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 I didn't like, eat the way that maybe I should have had hot dogs for energy. Come on, Jesus. The Oscar Mayer anointing. The power of God will come on you to help you in your difficulty. But you've got a position, you've got to strengthen yourself. You've got to inquire of the Lord. You've got to get a word from Him. You've got to obey the word. And I believe you have to be connected in such a way in the body. Listen, people that are not, listen to me very closely. People that are not connected in the body of Christ in a rooted, grounded, covenant way will not make it in the days and the years to come. They'll get picked off. I've been doing this for a number of years. I'm telling you, people that don't develop covenant relationships in church, in other words, they just come and wisp in and wisp out or come every so often, they don't make it. Their families get destroyed. They end up in divorce. I mean, I'm telling you, the devil's a bad devil, but when you get connected with the, with the army of God, with the church of the living God, there's a protection that comes around you. And they, though you might feel tired and though you might feel weary, you can just sit down by the brook and 400 people can go get your stuff back for you. And that's what happens. David fought and he recovered. Back in the text with me, I'm almost done. 
David pursued. He and the 400 men, 200 stayed on the other side of the river and they watched the bags. Praise God for them. They found an Egyptian in the field. They brought him to David. And they gave him bread to eat and a little water to drink. They had no idea who he was. Egyptians are the enemy. They gave him a piece of cake of raisins and two clusters, uh, cake of figs, pardon me, two clusters of raisins. Are you all there with me? So when he had eaten, his strength came back to him, for he had eaten no bread and drunk no water for three days and three nights. So David said to him, so they had mercy on him. Listen, you might entertain an angel unaware if you'll just have mercy on people. Have mercy on people. Have compassion on people. Reach out to the lost. They're hurting the broken. And in doing that, you never know what God will do. Don't do it with ulterior motive, which I think we've all done before. But don't do it with an ulterior motive to get something from God or get something from them. Do it because they're hurting and they're broken. And you might find yourself in that very same place one day. And this Egyptian was left for dead. They had no idea who he was. But he was the one that held the very key. Mercy is the coin of the realm. Be merciful. Be merciful to people. Help people. Reach out to the broken, the hurting, the lost. So David says, to whom do you belong? He says, I'm a young man of Egypt, a servant of Malachite, Amalek. A master has left me behind because three days ago I fell sick. Well, nice guy. Guy falls sick and they just leave him for dead. We made an invasion in the southern area, the territory which belongs to Judah, in the southern area, and we burned Ziklag with fire. Can you imagine David like, oh my gosh, oh my goodness, God, it's the answer, it's an answer, it's, it's, it's a sign. And this Egyptian, who they have mercy on, has the key for finding his whole family. I want you to know that God will restore everything that you lost if you'll just be faithful to him, if you'll just serve him, if you'll just seek him with all your heart, if you develop covenant relationships and learn to strengthen yourself in God. Though you might have gone through loss over the past few days, or maybe there'll be difficulty in the months and years ahead, I promise you there will be. And God is looking for a people. Could God entrust you to be on a ship called Andromeda with 270-something souls on it that's about to sink, but he has a Paul on a ship called Andromeda, and he speaks to Paul. The angel of the Lord comes to Paul. Some of you are like, oh, God, do you even love me? How come I went through an earthquake? Oh, zip it and find God's purpose in it. Quit looking at the wind and the waves and the circumstances and find God's plan in the midst of it. God wants to raise up Leaders, God wants to raise up people who are not moved, who are not smooth need and apathetic, who aren't a bunch of sissies blown by every wind of doctrine to and fro, but they're rooted and grounded in the Word. They're not moved by circumstances. They're moved by the very voice of God, by the pillar of fire and the cloud by the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and use you, leading you, guiding you. Why? Because there's people that are connected to you and people that are watching you. Woo! Come on, praise break. Lift your hands. Hallelujah, worship team. Uh, just, just, just my, my fresh brother, bald head. Toby, all right, minister Toby, brother Toby, sister. But you're missing your sister Toby, aren't you? 
Sister Toby. If she's online, we love you. What's up? Come home already. All right, fat chance taking care of her beautiful grandson. David fought. There's times where you have to fight. I love when it's easy. But many times it's not easy. What does fighting look like? Getting up when you're exhausted and doing the right thing? Showing up in prayer when you feel like you just want to be ministered to by Pastor Sheets and Brother Pillow? Pushing yourself away from the table of your confectionery delights? Fasting? Praying? Learning to touch the hem of his garment? Pushing yourself away from influences and relationships that are robbing you of, of your time with God, that are robbing you of holiness and purity. People, come on, don't, don't partner with people that make fun of you because you tithe. You go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. And if people don't like it, well, I, listen, you could just mark your calendar, take a look at it a year from now, 10 years from now, and you'll see people that made fun of you and your tongue talking and your tithing. And they're, unfortunately, this is the truth. I, and I tell my kids that. I said, just wait 10 years. We don't wish tragedy on anybody, but if you don't serve God, the devil, you're going to serve somebody. You will serve somebody. It's just part of who you are, the way that God made you. You either serve yourself or serve the devil or serve somebody else. God wants you to serve Him and have a relationship with Him. And it's not so popular with people who want you to join and think it's odd that you don't dive in headlong in their defilement. They'll try to, they'll try to get you free alcohol and free drugs and try to woo you away. You're going to have to fight. Oh, but the sweet victory. Victory is already assured. Victory is assured. I read the back of the book. We win. David fought. It says he fought all night. And he blessed others. Go on, be a blessing to people. Be a blessing to people. God was at work in David's situation, and I will tell you that God's at work in yours. Did you get something today? I did too. Lift your hands all across this place. Come on, stand up on your feet and call on his name. You're going through a difficult time, and you need strength. You need strength. You need to hear a word from God. I want to open up these altars tonight. I didn't preach real long. It's only 7.32. Netflix can wait. You can eat later too. I'm telling you, God can touch you tonight and change your life tonight. If you're going through a difficult scenario or a situation and you need God's strength and empowerment, maybe you need a word from the Lord, I want you to come and flood these altars. Come right now. Pastors, ministers, come. I was weary, I was broken, and you touched me, and you gave me strength. I didn't know which way to go, no. To the right, to the left, I didn't know which way to go. Didn't know which way to go. I was lost. I was hurting. 
I was broken and I was bound, but you came, Lord, you came. I cried unto you and you came and you touched me. You ignited my heart with fire. Your hand came upon me. You came, Lord. Come on, team. Come on. Flow and minister to these. You came. You came. You came and you touched me. You took a coal from your altar. You placed it upon my lips. And you, you cleansed me with hyssop. You washed away all my sin and you made me to be born again. No longer, no longer a slave to my fallen human nature. No longer bound. No longer addicted. You came. You came. You came and you freed me. You healed me. You set me free. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. Oh, heaven and earth adore you. Angels bow before you. There's no one like you, Jesus. Come on, just make this place a house of prayer. Lift your voice. Whether you're up front or you're in the in the seats out there, you're online. Come on, just a few moments tonight. God wants to speak to you. God wants to encourage you. God wants to strengthen you. God wants to break off a demonic influence in your life. Discouragement, I command you to go. I command you to go. Oh, oh, oh. listening speak to me speak to me Lord speak to me this is the way he walking Open our ears. Open our ears, Lord. Let us hear the word from you.
Rita, please come on the platform. Grab a microphone. We won't leave till you come. Cause we're waiting on you. I need to help some of you. You're kind of lost in this thing. Put your phone up. Close your eyes and be like a dry sponge dropped in some water. And just let God refresh you. Let God touch you tonight. Some of you are so weary and don't know which way to go. God will speak to you right now. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come.
and the power of God. The services like this that can even take place oftentimes even during the preaching. I mean, things can happen during the preaching of the Word and do. But if you'll open up your heart, you'll open up your heart to the move of the Spirit of God. Our community does not need more religion. What we need is power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. When He does a miracle for you, 
When he does something that's impossible that the doctor said can't happen and he does it. When he speaks to you and you act on it. When you inquire the Lord and receive strength in your neighbors and your, your mama and your daddy, they know you. They know what you're going through and all of a sudden you come up with the right answer and God gives you breakthrough. I'm telling you, God has designed you to be victorious. He's called you to be victorious all the days of your life. There is no sickness. There is no disease. There is nothing that can snatch you out of the hand of your loving Heavenly Father. He's carved you in His hand. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. I am, I am convinced neither death nor angels, nor demons, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And God is really longing to speak to you, to help you. Come on, lift your hands all across this place a moment longer. See what else the Holy Spirit wants to do. Listen, the, 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 the power of God is here. But don't take this moment and minimize it to say that, well, that's just church. Church should be in your car. Church should be in your home. Church should be at work. Everywhere you go, God goes with you. He's partnered with you. You can have a move of the Spirit of God in your own home. Yeah, you need to throw out your pornographic magazines and get rid of some stuff in order to see that happen, but I suggest you do it because it's worth it. You're what you're looking for. What every human being is looking for is satisfaction and fulfillment and it's only found in Jesus. The circumstances and the situations that you find yourself in are uniquely designed to move you towards His presence, His power. To move you out of idolatry. The Lord says that I'm dealing with idols in the church. I'm dealing with idols in the lives of my people. The worship of mammon, the yielding to, to self, the idolatry of self, in the world. I've called you to come out from among them. I've called you to come out from among them and be separate. Gift of leadership on you, son. You're a leader. Many, many attacks have been on your life. The Lord says there's been many things that have tried to literally rob your life. You've been through so much. Car accidents, a motorcycle, you've been through stuff. The enemy's done everything he can to snuff out your life. There was an assignment even when you were a baby. Over and over and over again, God protected you. The angels of the Lord encamp around the righteous. Those angels were put on assignment through godly grandmothers and people around you that prayed. But now is time, says the Lord, now is time for you to choose to call upon me. For I will make you a man of prayer. And I will make you a man of faith. And I will make you a worshiper and a leader in the house of God. For I've called you even from when you were in your mother's room to, womb to root out, to tear down, to build and to plant. My word is on at work on the inside of you. I didn't let you go too far. I kept you. When others seem to just go right off the cliff, you seem to be spared over and over and over again. It missed. The hit would miss. The assignment would miss. Now is the time, says the Lord. Choose me. Serve me with all that you are. I will if you will. 
does the Lord. The Lord says, I will if you will. You do your part. He will do his. And you'll never regret it. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your voice all across this place. A moment longer. Come on, pray in the spirit tonight. Ready, set, go. Come on, a little louder, a little stronger. The Apostle Paul said, I'll pray with my mind and my understanding. And I will pray with my spirit. Come on, pray in the spirit right now. Something's happening right now. Come on, press in. Another minute or two. Come on, lift your voice.
What a great word. Pray in the spirit just for a moment longer. Ready, set, go. Come on, lift your voice. I'm telling you, if you will just push aside your tiredness, a moment longer, service will be over. But something is happening. There are moments of corporate, listen to me, moments of corporate anointing where a greater release of miracle power is available for us corporately and individually if we do our part. The fervent prayer of the righteous. Come on, lift your voice and pray in the spirit. If you're not filled, ask him to fill you. that's prophecy and there's a prayer language that can be released corporately yes it edifies one edifies yourself by doing that but it doesn't need to be interpreted it's not out of order pray in your heavenly language right now ready go come on don't get tired moment longer what would happen if you gave your all, all your heart, all your mind, and your soul and strength and prayed in the spirit right now? What if, what if this was the moment that released every miracle you needed that you've been praying for for years? What if this was it? What would you do? How would you respond? Come on. Come on. Don't back off. I'm telling you, miracles are being released right now. Almost through the other side, but not yet. And I hear the voice of the Lord say, I hear the voice of the Lord saying that opportunities for divine acceleration are upon you. For I will do in the next year, if you will partner with me, I will do in the next year what would take normally five years. And I'm going to release the resources. And I'm going to release increase. And you will see incense rise from the great north land of Alaska. You'll see the incense of prayer rise. I'm causing a mighty prayer movement to come. There has been an open heaven and a release of my favor upon you, says the Lord. But half the story has yet to been told. I've released upon you what you're able to walk in and what you're able to handle. But if you will set aside time with me and set a fence around the mountain of your time of intimacy, I'll release even more than you could have ever even dreamed, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all you could ask or think. This is the hour and this is the time where I'm looking for sons and daughters to ignite with holy passion and fire, to set themselves apart, to pray, to seek me, and to see demonstrations of my glory in the community, in the state, 
in the nation. I'm doing something that's beyond your understanding. The impossibilities that are before you now will be the testimony of moved mountains tomorrow. For I'm speaking and I'm releasing my word and I'm releasing faith. Be of good courage. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world and I've made you to be my overcomers. I'm asking you now to partner with me in divine acceleration, says the Lord. And you will see in the next year, should you partner, should you set the fence, should you mark out the time of intimacy, you will see a release of my favor and an open heaven and an acceleration that what I will do in one year would have taken normally five years of hard work. And if you'll stay in that place and always put first my kingdom, I will do even more. I'm pouring out my spirit on my sons and daughters. These are the days of Elisha. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just worship Him for a moment. to restructure and move in such a way that it releases leaders and people like never before, men and women. Raise up an army like unto the army of God. We thank you. We praise you for it. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God, don't you leave this place in that condition. Jesus Christ died on a cross and rose again from the grave for you so that you could be forgiven. You enter into that forgiveness. You receive that forgiveness. You enter into the kingdom through repentance, through asking him to forgive you. It's not some religious game. It's real. And this might be the last opportunity that you hear it so clearly. For the enemy hates you. And he would love to cause you to drift off into obscurity and be filled with all the things of the world and forget you ever had a moment like this. So you might not be given another moment. This is it. Jesus loves you and he died on a cross and he rose again and he says, all who come to me, 
He takes and makes their own. He make, makes their own. He'll, he'll forgive you. He'll wash you. He'll cleanse you. Christmas is coming up, a celebration of the birth of Jesus. We give Christmas presents in honor of, of, of his birth. It's the greatest gift that mankind's ever received. We all know he wasn't born on December 25th. But the greatest gift you will ever receive is salvation. You receive that gift by simply believing. Every man, every woman, every boy or girl have, have a measure of faith. If you've never received Jesus, nobody messing around, nobody moving around, nobody going to the bathroom for a minute, just stay right where you're at. We're almost done. If you were to die, if you were to die, hey, all you beautiful little boys right back there, hey, I love you right there. You know the ones that are messing around? Somebody nudge them. Yeah, them. Yes, them. Go ahead, give them a tap. Hey, son, listen. Come on, I want you all to listen. This is important. Even if he doesn't understand what I'm saying, I don't want you distracting somebody else. If you were to die tonight, if this was your last night in the earth, where would you go? Would you go to heaven or would you go to hell? Are you forgiven? Have you been born again? Have you been made new? Have you repented of your sins? If you hasn't, do it tonight. Do it right now. You don't know the hour and the time that we're in. Give your life to Jesus. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Every head bowed, every eye closed, every boy, every girl, every man, every woman, bow your head. Examine your heart. If you're not right with God and you need to give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment all across this place, just another, another three minutes on our service and we're done. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time? You want to make a recommitment to Him? Intercessors praying. That's you on the count of three. If that's you, for real, for real, you're serious. You want to get right with God. Recommitment or for the first time. On the count of three, I want you to slip your hand in. One, Two, three. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. My goodness. Quickly meet me right here. If you raised your hand or you didn't and you're serious, meet me right here. Quickly come. Quickly, quickly. Quickly come. Quickly come. Come on, come. You need to get right with God. We're all going to pray together. Come up front as, an, as a statement that you're going to give your life to Christ. Unashamed. Come on, we ought to put our hands together for these guys. All right. Let's do it. It's worth it. Leaders, activate. Please. Right now. Come alongside these. All right. We're going to pray a very simple prayer. And in that moment, you mean it with sincerity. Every sin you've ever done. Every lie you've ever told. Everything you've ever stole. All the times you've taken the Lord's name in vain. All the wrong you've ever done will be wiped out. Because somebody needed to die for what you did. For what I did. We all deserve death. Jesus died in our place. And when we receive that, we receive his forgiveness and we're made new. Born again. It's called being born again. You ready? Boys, girls, you ready? You all ready? All right. Close your eyes. Right out loud, boldly, pray this right out loud after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior.
Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Break every bondage. Break every curse. Free me from every chain and from every shackle. And use me for the purpose for which I was created. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. All across this place, every boy, every girl, every man, every woman, lift your hands. A sign of surrender. Lift your hands. Two hands up. Stick them up. Come on. Wow. What a powerful service tonight. Holy Spirit, fill, touch right now. All right, leaders, quickly move. I want to lay hands on every person that's here, right here. Quickly, 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 touch and agree, touch and agree, touch and agree, touch and agree, touch and agree. Pray for him right now. Pastor Barry, I want you to pray for this young man right here. Pray, prophesy over him, speak over him, speak life. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Touch right now. to help them. We want to help you grow in the things of God. So we're going to take a moment just to get some information from you to help you. All up on your feet. Would you just give me a couple, three more minutes here? Three more, not a couple, three more. Three more. It's 8.08. There's nothing on TV. You can eat in a few minutes. Stand up on your feet. Won't you lift your hands while they're just ministering to these? Pastor Vince, please, if you would, we're going to get some information from you because we're going to help you grow. And I know how the devil comes to try to steal the seed. I don't want that to happen. We're going to help you. We're going to get your name and put it on some mailing list. All right, leaders, go ahead. All of the children, all of the beautiful children right over here with the Brother Josh. All right, just come over to Brother Josh. Children's ministry leaders, you can come and minister to them. All right? Youth, young adults and adults that are here, we're going to get some information from you and help you grow in the things of God. I want you just to go and pray. minutes just over here. Pastor Kirsten, would you help just minister to the kids? Come on, just a couple more moments. Lift your voice. Lift your voice before His throne and we'll close in a blessing. I know I've gone a little bit long, but what a powerful service. My God, He's done something tonight. Come on, lift your voice. Waiting for you. speak to us. Open our ears. Release dreams. God is going to release dreams. Some of you have a wonderful dream gift. A wonderful dream gift. Rosie, Rosie, get a microphone. I want you to pray for the gift of dreams and interpretation to be released. They got a wonderful gift that way. Lift your hands all across this place. If you want dreams, accurate dreams, dreams is one of the languages of the Spirit. He's going to release it right now. Come on, go for it. Lord God, I pray right now, Lord God, that you release, Lord God. I declare and I decree in the name of Jesus, Lord God, our greater releasing. Lord God, 
a gift, Lord God, of dreams, Lord God, interpretation, Lord God, revelation in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord God, a fresh anointing, Lord God. Oh, Lord, you have much more upon me, Lord God, than we can ever thank or imagine, Lord God. Wake us up yep. in the middle of the night, Lord God. Activate. With prophecies, Lord God. Activate. Activate, Lord God, in the name Activate. of Jesus, Lord God. The gift of dreams, Lord God. Oh, Jesus, interpretation of dreams, Lord God. Oh, revelation, visions, in the name of Jesus, Visions Lord and God. dreams be released. Do it, Lord God. Do it right now, Lord God, afresh. Anointing of your power of dreams and revelation. I declare and I decree in the name of Jesus that your people will dream dreams and they will have visions, Lord God, and they will declare your word and power and boldness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you receive that, say amen. Wonderful. We've got prophetic teams are going to come up. If you'd begin to come now, if you'd like presbytery, you like prophecy, want some more prayer, Minister Ava heads that up. They're going to hang out. I'm going to close in prayer. You drive safely on the way home. 7 o'clock on Wednesday, it's going to be off the stinking chain. Invite somebody. It's time for revival. It's time for an outpouring. Can you say hallelujah in the house of God? Let me bless you. Come on, Pastor Karen, why don't you close us tonight? Come on. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Pastor Karen, come and close us. Receive the blessing right now. Amen. Lord, we thank you for what you've done tonight, for your word that's gone forth with great power. And Lord, I pray that you would bless your people, cause your face to shine upon us, lift up your countenance towards us, be gracious to us, keep us, and give us peace. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, amen. Be blessed, be saved, and we'll see you Wednesday night. God bless you.